0: Happy Thursday, everyone! It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hello, my darling fans, all of you screaming and yelling, obsessive fans. You know that's actually just Brit. Thanks, Brit. Um, but anyway, hi guys. I'm a little shell shocked that it's Christmas and the end of the year. So I'm a little dazed and confused by all of that. This is our last pod uh, for a couple of weeks. We're taking a little break. This is the first time I've taken a break in the newsletter for two weeks. Like I, even when I had open heart surgery, I skipped one week, (laughs) then I wrote it. I wrote it from my hospital bed. It was crazy, but I loved it. But Christmas is on a Monday, which is also—I think—everything is so weird. Everything seems different. But Christmas is on a Monday, and New Year's is on a Monday, and therefore, I feel that gives me excuse to not write. And sometimes I do it on Tuesdays, but no one wants to. No one's going to be reading it. I want to be sleeping in my bed. That's what I'm going to be doing. But I do think. Someone tell me, is it because Christmas is on a Monday? Like, everything feels weird this year. I don't, I don't know. It also feels like everyone's gone on holiday the week before and then like coming back Christmas Eve or something. I, it's all very strange. I don't know how it all works, but I don't remember it being this way. It also feels very strange that, like, this week working doesn't make any sense, but Christmas is still not until Monday, but we're recording this on Wednesday. But I feel like... What is this week? This is a fake week. But then next week is a completely off week. Like are we just so out of it now? Has it been like post-COVID? We just need like weeks instead of what I recall was like I got Christmas Eve off, Christmas Day, and then I was back to work the week between Christmas and New Year's. Like that was that was my entire 20s and 30s for sure maybe even 40s. I don't know. And now I'm like, see you mid-January. Peace out, everyone. I hope you guys are all, as I say, I know everybody is doing something incredible. I have friends going to Japan. You know who you are. The only negative about that is that I'm somehow not going. I don't know why my friends with kids aren't inviting me on trips. Like I am awesome on trips with you and your kids because I entertain you. I entertain the kids. If you need some alone time, I got the kids. If You want some girl time. You got me. Like, come on. Hello, Tokyo. I am your... Bring me to Tokyo. I'm not good on ski trips. So for those of you going to like Gestad or whatnot, that's not my jam. I mean, I just sit at the bar or whatnot, but I'm not... It's too much work. Like, the outfits, there's too much pressure there. There's too much work to ski. Like, it's just not a holiday to me. Like, I, I could wear a cute outfit and then just go sit at a bar somewhere, but... The idea of of being cold and having all that equipment and wandering around and getting from point A to B and standing in lines, even I don't care how fancy it is. It is just not for me. I don't believe in cold weather on holiday. I mean, I just don't. It's not my thing. I, I, I appreciate the beauty, but I am a... I am a tropical girl, give me sunshine, give me jungle, give me ocean, give me something like that. I do say somebody should take me, if anybody is interested in going to see the gorillas in Rwanda, I am your girl. That is what I want to do. Next, but for those of you traveling to the Caribbean, those of you on your big boats, I wrote about it in the newsletter. I There is something going on right now in the TikTok zeitgeist, which is called a nine-month cruise. And can you even, and I'm talking on a cruise ship. So it's like, I think it's Carnival, one of those big cruise ships. And they offer this sort of once in a lifetime, nine month cruise around the world. And it's quite a bit of young people. It's like 700 people doing this. And I guess, listen, you don't pay, you you give up your rent, I imagine, if you're renting or if you own a home, I, I don't I don't know. People have been saving up for this. It's not cheap. I think it's something like $100,000 or within that. And with that comes like food and then excursions. And then you can pay extra for certain types of restaurants and other excursions. Whatnot. But you go around the world you're in a cabin. If you're paying the sort of bare minimum, like the sort of room rate, you're in a cabin, you are in a room. I guess you could say the cruise ship is your house and the bedroom is your bedroom, but no, 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 no. You have nine months worth of shit, clothes, shoes, books, gear in a room, in not a room, not a hotel size room, but like a cabin. Some of those won't have windows. I don't know. I don't, I mean, depending on what you pay, it's, a very interesting thing I get. There was one woman who talks about the reason she's doing it is both her parents had passed away. She's in her forties. She's single. Her parents have passed away. I was like relating to what she's talking about. And she thought this was a sort of an amazing way to sort of reconnect with the world and meet people and see the world and whatnot. But still, my God, like, I am so invested and I know my friend Deborah is so invested. We're like, what's gonna happen? There's gonna be cheating. There's cheating on four day cruises. So like these somebody is gonna there's marriages that are gonna get messed up. There's gonna be drama. There's we're already seeing racism where there's this one african-american passenger this this woman who has claimed that she keeps being mistaken as an employee not just by guests but by staff themselves when she came back onto the boat she was greeted by security who assumed she was staff that she surely wasn't able to afford this nine-month cruise so there's that like it's lord of the flies man on a cruise ship there's gonna be illness you're not going to see me going anywhere where I can't have my doctors. Like I am such a crazy girl like that. Like nine months, I would need to have my skin checked. I would definitely need like scans. I would, I would absolutely, I don't go, I get my teeth cleaned every three months. I mean, a mammogram, I'm a, I'm like, sign me up to the next mammogram every three months, like whatever it is, I want you looking at my body. I I'm not going nine months without having real doctors look at my body. That's just not, I'm going to have my dermatologist. I don't understand the concept of this. And what if you get pregnant, like you're pregnant on a boat? There's so many things that I have anxiety about, but... We are following along. There's also clearly people on there that are paid influencers. Like, come with me on my fifth day on my nine-month cruise. And they're going from the restaurants and restaurants. The food, I'm not going to lie – looks hideous like somebody posted a video uh tiktok of their pizza like this is so great this is endless i have this all the time and it looks like one of those pizzas that you used to put in the microwave like in the 80s that would have like that little round thing on the bottom that was supposed to give it a crispy thing and you put it in the microwave for 2 minutes and it was just this round dough with like cheese and tomato sauce. Disgusting. Like you couldn't, there's just none of that. None of that is going to happen. But what I will say for those of you, I know there are a bunch who read my, my newsletter and some of you will also be listening to the podcast. You're my richy Rich friends, love you, love you for that, love that for you, who have boats or charter boats, and I mean big boats. I mean boats with crews and boats that have tenders, boats that are too big to be brought into port, so you need another boat to take you out and back to land. Those are the boats... I could live on your boats for nine months. Like the think Jeff Bezos and those types of boats. Those are the boats I could live on for nine months. My friends who have had me on their boats will all say the same thing. And that is that I tend to be very taken with the crew. Generally, they have great crews. And what I mean by great is hot. Crews And crew members, these are generally like you've seen them. Now we are all what I have been presented with due to the luxury of having some very successful friends with boats is now we all get access to a below deck. With the uh, shows below deck, and you see how these crews are, and you see you have everybody's now familiar. You have the person inside who's usually controlling the sort of interior staff, and then you guys have the guys outside who do all of the sort of heavy lifting and the chef and all of that. It's very true to form. I mean that there is probably a whole you know world that we don't know that goes on, um, that we do have a little insight to thanks to Bravo. But my friends' crews on these boats, the crew. Bravo people don't hold a candle to these guys. These crew members are like too hot for Bravo. They are too intelligent to want to do a reality show. They're just hardworking, gorgeous human beings who wear generally white crisp polos with the name of the boat, you know, embroidered on the side. They don't have a, I don't know, Captain Sandy or whatnot. Their captains are much more, they're more serious. And the thing is, all of my friends who have ever had me on boats, whether they own them or charter them, have given me one rule. And that is, Brooke, do not hook up with the crew. Don't hook up with the crew. It gets messy. Don't hook up with the crew. You see it on, um, it's a big rule with the crew members on on below deck, but different somehow in my world. Because I'd say nine times out of ten, I don't listen to my friends. And there's always a little drama. Whether it's the captain or the crew, you know I get myself into some into some trouble. It's fun though. You're out at sea. Rules do not apply. Different laws, different maritime rules. And you put a white polo on a tan skin guy with like the smell of coconut and sunscreen and rosé and the endless ocean. I'm sorry. It's a recipe for disaster for me. You've just, you've just created a monster. So with that, please invite me on your boats. I do not do cruise ships, but I do a little yachting here and there. Again, no cold weather places, Caribbean, south of France, you know, the the Mediterranean, that kind of thing. I'm all for it. So that's the big thing that's happening this week along the social media. Everyone's just like, what are these people doing on this nine month cruise? Another thing that has taken us over, and I think it's a good, you know, my God, the news just gets worse and worse or crazier and crazier. So we all know by now that the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump is not allowed to be on the ballot in Colorado due to being a part of the insurrection and says that's in the, their constitution, that if you've been involved in an insurrection, you cannot hold office. So he will not, as of now, be on the Colorado ballot for the primary, which is a pretty big deal, but also like we live in the WWE world. I mean, let's be clear. Like Vince McMahon might as well run the show. What is this? Like what civilized... We had Z-Way, who is a comedian I have been following for years and years and have had the pleasure to get to know prior to her becoming super famous, literally just sit down and interview George Santos post his expulsion from, from Congress in a blue velvet suit making light of his crimes, making light of his sort of standing in life, his lies. Like literally makes fun of it. He lies to her. He talks about his Hermes. He shows off his Hermes bracelet. He can't help himself. Like literally everything that he and Z Way talk about. Z-Way just busts him and bust him. And yeah, it's it's content. And he says, he asks Z Way, well I mean, you have to listen to this clip. What could we do to get you to go away? Stop inviting me to your gigs. The lesson is to stop inviting you places. But you can't because people want the content. So you see, he's like, stop inviting me. Like you guys want it. So I'm here to entertain. And I think that is like probably the most honest thing he's ever said. I think that's truly the most honest thing he's ever said. And he's right. Like this is what he's giving the people what he wants. I mean, or what they want. And people are loving it. And, you know, I don't think the world ends great for George ultimately, but he's living his best life right now. And we have this circus of Donald Trump and the circus of these right-wing conservative talk show podcast guys losing their minds. Tucker Carlson now saying, like, they're all turning on each other. They're all, Tucker Carlson, I think, said that he would like go actively against Trump if he picked Nikki Haley as his running mate. I mean, at this point, I, we don't know what's going to happen from day in and day out. And then you have the Republicans criticizing the Democrats for all the sex scandals, which let's be clear we had a gay sex scandal this past week where a congressional aide got busted filming porn in the Capitol and then tried to tried to take the victim approach and be like he's being he's being targeted because of his sexuality. I'm like, dude, it's nothing about gay sex and everyone is focusing on it. It's just don't have sex in the Capitol. Don't film a porno in the Capitol. Gay, straight, whatever your fancy, it has nothing to do with your sexuality. It's just like, ew, that is so disrespectful and gross. We had Hunter Biden and all the drama. We have the cocaine in the White House. Yes, this is all true. But may I be clear... We had Trumps in the White House for four years. We have Donald Trump who fucked porn stars. We have Donald Trump who like pees on people. We have the boys who are disgusting cheaters, whatnot, and doing God knows what. I mean, Donald Trump Jr. hasn't met cocaine that he hasn't hoovered up his nose. He's banging Kim Guilfoyle, who is the ex-wife of Gavin Newsom. I mean, to put the the fact that the, what's happening with the Democrats and this sort of like tacky losing the respect of of the American democracy is rich coming from people who supported Donald Trump. I mean, it's literally the man lies on everything he can't he can't get through a golf game without cheating, cheated on all of his wives. He cheated with porn stars multiple times. His sons cheated. I mean, they're, they're criminals throughout. And so like, it's just been a long road of disgrace after disgrace, regardless of the party. So I think Vince McMahon, he might be the answer. I mean, we've gone, we've crossed the chasm. We are now WWE. We are Monday night raw as America. That is who we are. We can't deny it anymore. We just can't. Like, who are we pretending? Who are we who are we trying to to pull the wool over the eyes? Like we are Monday night raw. Let's just live in it. Let's just be it. And maybe the minute we just all collectively accept it, we can we can move into a, a you know, a place of complacency. <laughs> And not just be so disgusted and disappointed because we're like we live here now. That's fine. Um, but a good a a good escape from all of this madness has been this beloved Neil the Seal, who I just adore from Tasmania. Neil is a three-year, like 13, 1,600-pound elephant seal, which are very rare in that part of the world. I think they say there is only like eight or nine pups that have been born in the last few years. So everybody is very invested in protecting Neil the seal. What is happening is that seals, I don't know if it's all seals or specific to elephant seals, they take like a five- or six-week break, vacation, every year around this time, where they're just like, you know what, mama needs a little sunbathing rest respite from all of the swimming and open sea and foraging for my food. Mama needs a break. And they generally come up to the shore. And that's why you see seals sort of like, and especially these big elephant seals, they're like, They're up on the beach or on the rocks and they sunbathe and they, I think they shed their skin of some kind. They do a lot of just sort of molting. I don't know. I'm not a marine biologist. I don't know any of this. But from what I've read, this is a, this is what they do. However, Neil the Seal, who looks like my dog Potato in the face, like there's no joke, like French Bulldogs and seals have the same face. So you obviously think this is like you want to go and play with Neil the Seal. Neil has taken a liking, he's quite grumpy, but he's taken a liking to this Tasmanian town of like 600 people on the seaside. And Neil has decided to wreak havoc in the best of ways on this town. So he cruises up to the streets. He plops himself in front of people's cars in their driveway. A woman literally couldn't go to work because she couldn't get into her car. And she had to take video and show her boss like, I'm not lying. I literally can't leave my house. The police come. The police are always like, Neil, come on, dude. And they try to get him back. Neil has a love affair with like orange traffic cones, loves them. They're his best friend. He snuggles with them. He snugs with the orange cones. He does not like certain street signs. He goes after them. He tries to knock them over. And this dude is going to grow into like, I don't know, like 8,000 pounds. So this is just like puppy Neil. And then Neil the Seal, which also annoys the fuck out of me that whoever coined him Neil the Seal spells it N-E-I-L. Obviously, it should be N-E-A-L, Neil the Seal, but I digress. Um... This guy is, you know, the police are protecting him. Also, in some videos, you'll see that it looks like he has this, like, feathers sticking out of his forehead. But it's a tracker that they've put on that I think gets knocked off sometimes. Neil gets real grumpy and he takes it out on signs, whatnot. You have locals who hose him down and he loves it. I mean, it's like, it's the craziest thing. Neil has taken over this town and the content has... Uh, gone viral, and everybody is really rooting for Neil the Seal, and the police have to protect him at all costs because there are very few of these elephant seals. But I have to say, it's very soothing content to go into a Neil the Seal sort of vortex, and everybody has different perspectives. People put it to music, loving it, here for it. It's a very good counterpoint to the world that we have been living in, and then. I really don't have much else to say other than I've been watching a lot of content and some good, some bad. I will tell you, I watched two movies that I'll never get my time back. And I had resisted for some time, but we just like, there was a day that was a hangover day. Let me just be clear. I needed to watch some really bad movies. So this movie that I remember was in the movie theater. It's now on Netflix called No Hard Feelings with jennifer lawrence and matthew broderick by the way and some others and some others including cousin richie from bear the bear we love Eben. i i i mean i would say i don't know i can't i would imagine jennifer lawrence would have had to be paid a shit ton of money and according to the research i did she got paid like 25 million dollars to do this movie with a 45 million dollar budget no hard feelings it is quite possibly the worst film I have ever seen. It's certainly in a very long, very, very long time. I can't believe this movie was made. I can't believe how how bad it is. There's also, she's literally naked, full frontal, fighting people on a beach, like full frontal, like unnecessarily. I, I have no idea how this movie was made. It reminded us of like an early aughts sort of rom-com, but not rom-com. I, it's, and the idea is sort of, icky and she's supposed to be a 30 year old banging a high school kid who they make him 19 but really he's like he looks like he's 16 i mean the whole thing is strange i i i can't believe this movie was made and like what is going on with jennifer lawrence she's so incredible and this is the shit that she's being given is this just like classic hollywood that she's now had kids or whatnot so we just have to give her crappy movies i don't know i'm so at a loss but Let's not do that anymore. And then I also, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for you mega film people, but I watched the three-hour and 26-long Killers of a Flower Moon. I was warned by people. I'm glad I did not see this in the movie theater. I watched it in my screening room, beautiful experience that I have where I can get up and go to the bathroom, stretch my legs, I don't, also don't understand how that movie was made. I I don't I I mean it it was an it's an interesting story told from the perspective of white Italian men from New York. Like it was literally about Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. Like I, I don't understand. And the story like it was a little is a vanity project. It's it, it. I think it's a very important message. This whole sort of it's comparable to what happened to this particular tribe, the Osage in the Midwest, is very comparable. What happened to the Black community in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with Black Wall Street, and they try to show that, but it's such an interesting story. And yet, the white man story is the one that came out. Like the Osage were sort of the secondary piece. The woman in this incredible she should win all the awards and I could watch her in anything I don't need to see like honestly do you remember when Robert De Niro played Bernie Madoff in the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer unbelievably by the way you should see that movie he looked like a 1920s version of Bernie Madoff like I just kept thinking he was Bernie Madoff with like a haircut it was just bizarre so that was thumbs down thumbs down so I I'm really in need of give me give me some good content. I'm very excited for holiday movie watching. So send my way. So that's it. I uh, I miss you all, my friends who are near and far. I'm sending everyone uh, happy holidays and happy new year. And I hope that there is peace in the world. And I hope that we have a Vince McMahon free political drama for the next few weeks, at least. Give us a reprieve, guys. My makeout, Mary Mute of the end of the year. I'm just going to do a, a whole wrap up. So, my makeout is I know that there's a lot of heat around him, but honestly, I've talked about this this year. I saw the back of his head at Wimbledon, and it was the hottest back of a head of anyone I've ever seen. Brad Pitt. He has a beautiful girlfriend. He seems really happily in love. She's like 30 years younger than him, naturally. But it's his 60th birthday. Brad Pitt's turned 60. Brad Pitt's work, facial work, has finally settled. He looks unbelievable. I would like to make out with Brad Pitt. I have... Always dreamed of a make out with Brad Pitt. That is real life. Like I'm not fictional Brad Pitt. I don't care. I just think he would be fun. He's 60. I feel connected to him because I'm going to be 50 this year so or in 2024. So happy birthday, Brad Pitt. In terms of Mary, I am very glad to be honest that I've been watching some sort of like drama amongst relationships. I am glad right now I'm not married. But if I were to marry, I would just marry... All these women out there, I honestly, all these women out there that I'm watching who there's so many women, whether they're activists and activists on both sides, like people who are very passionate about having a ceasefire and people who are very passionate about Israel and people are passionate about everything that they believe in. Like, don't. Stop fighting for what you believe in if it's not about hate, right? If if it's about something you want to stop, you want to stop wars, you want to stop genocides from, you know, Sudan and Afghanistan and Ethiopia and all of that, um, that's where the genocides are happening. I'm just saying the people who put themselves out there and take all the hits and the criticisms and when a woman puts themselves out there. The people who usually criticize them come out and hit them about what they look like or their age or their, and they just keep doing the, the women continue on despite these trolls and these haters and the, the disgusting words that come out of people's mouths. But I just have to say like I just want to collectively be married to them because they're so strong and so brave and doing it despite all of the hate and criticism and hats off to you. Like it's really – Really impressive, I have to say. And I see my friends, and everybody's walking on eggshells right now. And I just think we should be reminded that everybody has, you know, a belief system and fight for it if they do. And they have to stand up to bullies. And the fact that we're adults and still being bullied by people, it's, it's, it's a lot. So I'm hoping for 2024 that more people take a stand against it. I do think I was listening to this amazing, I don't know when it aired there right now, the best of Howard Stern is happening. And there was this Pitbull interview and I've never spent time listening to Pitbull. And I missed this last year. This guy is incredible. I'm, I am I actually actually am obsessed with Pitbull. So I might even change my marry. I might marry two people. I might marry Pitbull frankly because this guy is so crazy smart I was I was hanging on every word of this interview I mean he has used his huge platform and fame and wealth to build charter schools charter public schools um, s- starting off in his his hometown of Miami he is this he was born a drug addict he was born with cocaine in his system he was a drug dealer but didn't use he's he's now calling for social media is is he made the funniest thing he's like they call it instagram he's like i used to sell instagrams now it's instagram like he says social media is the drug is the addiction that everybody has right now and it's even worse than than the drugs they sold but he's turned his life into this incredible you know platform his 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 music his community his Intelligence about you know talking about his private life and his his public life and I don't know I have to say if you guys have a chance to go back and listen to the Pitbull interview, um, if I can I'll try to find it and put in the show notes. Don't quote me I have no idea, but I will say his his points were really valid that we have created this sort of we're addicted to this whole social media craziness. So I'm advocating my. Marriage to Pitbull, as well as to all the women out there who are standing up to bullies. I digress. And then lastly, mute. I just mute all the bullies and these, like right wing, there's a whole group of guys out there who are so spun out about taylor swift there was like actual right-wing conservative people who are so upset because she dares use her voice that are out there talking about how she's too old to have kids she's too old to be marrying a football player being dating a football player she's 34 or something like that that she's unattractive that she is talentless like you hear these these are podcasters with millions and millions and millions and millions of people that subscribe to them. It is disgusting. It is toxic. It is classic, you know, angry white man who is threatened by powerful women stuff. And it's like, I hope we can just mute that for 2024. And that is it. That is my end of year podcasts. I hope you guys had fun. Um, and I guess we'll see each other in 2024. Love you all. Pop Culture